This is the Blue Moon Podcast. Coming up, we've got all the news and views from Manchester City's week. Get involved with the debate by tweeting at Blue Moon Podcast and check out exclusive interviews on bluemoonpodcast.com. It's your club and this is your show. So some big breaking news on Friday nights that, for obvious reasons, didn't make it into this week's Blue Moon podcast. But with a two-year Champions League ban coming totally out of nowhere, we decided that we couldn't wait seven days to get into that story. So think of this as like a DVD extra to this week's podcast. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by City fans Adam Carter. Hello. And Stephen McInerney. Hello. And One Football's Dan Burke. Hello. Now then, um, a lot to get into on uh, on this show. What what was? Uh, we'll start with you, Dan. What what was your immediate reaction to uh, to the news? Uh, I was annoyed because uh, it sort of spoiled my uh, Valentine's Day. To be honest with you, I, was, I mean, it came as a, it came as a shock, obviously, um, because we'd all sort of been led to believe that you know we're probably going to see we're probably going to escape a ban from the Champions League altogether. So to to hear that we were going to get a two year ban was a, a big shock to the system. But yeah, I was more sort of annoyed that it put me out when I was um, just settling down for a nice evening with the missus, really. Adam, what what did you think? Yeah, pretty much the same as Dan. There, it was it came out of the blue totally, and obviously nowadays the first thing you do is go onto Twitter and see the fallout from any type of breaking news, and the tribalism on there did not surprise me one bit. Uh, you've got City fans uh, clamouring for information about what it might mean for us, and you've got rival fans hitting the memes straight away. So that's twenty first century breaking news for you. <laughs> uh, Stephen, I mean, uh, pretty much the same, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I was on my way to my sister's 40th birthday, never mind being at Valentine's Day as well. <laughs> so there was like a double whammy of me just trying to not look at my phone while also playing with my nephew and my niece. And yeah, it was um, it was weird taking, wasn't it? It felt like just, just a lot of information thrown at us immediately. And it was kind of a bit kind of shell-shocked. I don't know if anyone else felt similar, but I kind of just sat there like, oh, okay, this is kind of strange. But yeah, I don't think it's still settled in yet, to be honest. Well, I was going to say, Stephen, in a weird way, are you kind of frustrated, angry? I mean, do you, do you feel bad about it at all? It's weird. It's a weird feeling, isn't it? Well, obviously, I'm not going to speak for all you guys and the rest of it, but I mean, it, I, for, me, for me personally, I, I try not to get emotionally invested in millionaires arguing with millionaires. It's just, um, you know, it's one of those things that's slightly out of our control, but you can only really... I think my sympathies more come towards uh, the players, I guess, weirdly, because... You know, um, you, you know how much it means to some players that they obviously really want to win the Champions League, and and obviously it isn't great for the fans either. Um, but the vast majority have, have been, you know, through much worse than this, and um, wouldn't hard to get through it. Um, but yeah, I do. I mean, I don't want to be too tinfoil hat, but I do think there's probably elements of truth in some of the agenda stuff, for want of a better word, small elements of truth, admittedly. And but the, the biggest problem we've had really is just trying to work out the bigger picture, isn't it? Because I don't think. I mean, it's just really hard to kind of ascertain how much it's UEFA out to get us or whatever, or how much we actually do deserve what we've allegedly got. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a case of, for me personally anyway, for the next few days, just trying to work out and trying to kind of clear the really muddied waters because um, it's a lot to take in for football fans, I think, in general. Um, and I feel like I'm still trying to get my head around it now. And uh, I, it's quite a complicated thing, really, isn't it? So... I wouldn't say I'm angry yet or anything like that. I'm still just quite shocked, and um, it's it's just a lot. Really, it's a lot to sift through. Yeah, I mean, Dan, the, the weird thing is, is that it, it shouldn't really be on City fans to have to defend all of this. No, not at all. I mean, that's that's one of the most annoying things about it. I think our our uh, friend uh, Alex put it right last night when he said. Um, we shouldn't have to care about this stuff, you know. We didn't sign up for football to, to get involved in all this stuff. And I had people um, 
texting me all, all evening last night saying, oh, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? And I felt like releasing like an official statement at one point, just so, just so I wouldn't have to field any of these text messages anymore because I was just, I'm just fed up with it already, to be honest. Um, and yeah, it, it is annoying having to, having to consider all these things when, when you just want to enjoy football as a sport. And I've been enjoying the season, you know, um, in spite of um, City's uh, problems on the field. And now we've got all these problems off the field to deal with as well. And it's, it's irritating. Yeah, Adam, it, it, it could have a knock-on effect. I mean, we, we honestly, we don't know what the outcome of this is going to be, whether or not City are actually banned for two years, whether the Court of Arbitration for Sport knock it down to one year or knock it away entirely. But, I mean, the other possibility is that they could be docked points in the Premier League. And I, I kind of wonder, well, this this is kind of the perfect season for that to happen, isn't it? Oh, yeah, everything would just culminate into this, this season's downfall, really. I think the Premier League will now be able to use this as a reason to go looking at the books again. I believe it kind of went, it felt like it went away a bit and now it's just come back to the forefront again. I think any competition that we're involved in now um, will be able to take another look and say, well, if you've breached that, it probably breaches our rules as well. Um, it, it amazes me the amount of experts. <clears throat> I appreciate us on this podcast now. I've said we don't have to know too much, but apparently uh, experts pop up on Twitter and they know every rule that's been broken, every punishment that's going to be handed when it's actually, it's not even been 24 hours yet. Um Britain's done with experts, mate. Have you not heard that? Britain's done with experts. <laughs> yeah, so I do think any competition we're involved in will now take this as an opportunity to look further at those uh, numbers. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the Champions League, though, Adam, City do have a, a, a City fans do have a strained relationship with it. Um, it it's not going to get any better for the foreseeable, is it? No, no, that Real Madrid game has just become even more important for several reasons. You've got the gallows humour of City fans believing we can win it and then not picking the trophy up at the end in protest. Um, Typical City winning it for the first time and not being able to defend it in the following season. That just screams City to me. Um, And the love-hate relationship that City fans have with the Champions League isn't going to change any time soon. I think it's just going to go more to hate, if I'm honest. Stephen, do you think you'd miss it? If if the if the punishment is upheld and City are away for two years, it's it's a very it's a very late question because like I mean I guess I mean yes and no really because obviously I want to see City win trophies that we've not won before and um, I mean it, it, it is tiring I guess for most City fans watching this kind of whole this will we boo them will we won't boo them kind of charade and it's got a, it's a very toxic competition from the perspective of Manchester City fans in general so. I mean, it would be probably maybe nice to have that that kind of that taken away from us, I guess, to not worry about for a few years. But at the same time, obviously, I want City to be competing for big trophies. So I would miss the um, the chance to win that trophy, the chance to maybe maybe kind of shut up a few naysayers because it's got to the point now where you kind of want to win it just to stop people kind of doubting the team because you feel a little bit hard done by. And I'm not one for sulking, but you do, you can't help it sometimes. So you do want the players to have a chance to win it. And I'll miss it, again, as I said earlier, for the players, really, because we know, um, we know. I, mean, I think David Silver, it was himself who said that if he'd won the Champions League last year, he might have retired then because that's how much it means to people like him. And it'd be a shame for someone like Aguero next year, I'm presuming he's going to be still around, I'm sure he will be, um, if we somehow, you know, if he was, if he didn't get the chance to win it, you know, because... These players do deserve it. And Fernandinho and people like that, presumably we don't win it this year, of course. But um, I, I will miss the, you know, not being at the highest level. Um, but it could also be refreshing. I'm not sure I'm just saying that because I'm trying to act like, a, you know, didn't care all along. You know, that thing, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But it, it's a, I think it's a very complicated one because hand on heart, it is quite a tiring competition. And I don't know if it's because of all the noise around it, but it hasn't really been a very kind of... Um, 
hasn't been a, a nice atmosphere, really, has it, in general, around the competition from City as a club as a whole. It's, it's felt very, um, always felt like a problem. I don't know whether that'll change or not, but it would be a problem going away. But it's obviously not going to be good for the club as a whole. So it's kind of catch-22, really. I was going to say on that that kind of front, Dan, um, it feels like the club will miss it a lot, though. Yeah, I mean, that was that was sort of the thing that was going through my head last night, is what, what will the knock-on effects of this be? Um, are players now going to want to leave? Is Kevin De Bruyne going to be able to say I can he can go two years of his career without Champions League football? Or is he going to have to leave this summer if, if that is the case? Um, is the manager going to want to leave? Are we going to have problems attracting players now who want Champions League football? Um, all these things... <clears throat> could be a problem, um, which would be, for me, the biggest problem because on a personal level, I don't think I will miss the Champions League that much. I mean, we supported City for many, many years without Champions League football and it was fine. Um, I think we can go two years without it. I mean, I, I tweeted after the, the news came through last night uh, that this ruling is catastrophic to City's chances of winning the Champions League in the next two years because that's all it is, isn't it, really? After that, if it, I mean, assuming that the ban is actually for two years because... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it ended up getting reduced to one or not happening at all when, once it goes to the court of arbitration for sport and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that is my main worry, that we might lose some of our players as a result of this now and might have a problem sort of rebuilding the squad in the way that we intended to. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, Adam, do you, do you worry that it's kind of that this would be the end, come what may, of, of any thoughts of, of Guardiola extending his contract? Yeah, I think um, I can see him. Obviously, remaining him maybe one more season as planned, but I don't think he'd extend any further than that. We probably can't blame anyone that... Because as fans, we don't hold the Champions League in as particular high regard as the professional side of uh, staff do. And I think, like um, Dan's alluded to there, KDB, Raheem and Pep will probably want to be spending the prime of their careers in the pinnacle competition as they perceive it. Um, and <clears throat> the timing's just not great for us. We were... In, we were due to go into a rebuild phase anyway. We knew we had to replace company. We needed another centre-back. Probably uh, we need to be looking at Aguero's replacement. And that task has just got a whole lot harder in attracting the elite footballers who want to be in that competition. So the timing, not great at all. City continue to deny any sort of wrongdoing. We were sent this statement yesterday. I'll read it out in uh, in full. It's, uh, it, it's, it's fairly long, but it, it gives the club's side of things. Uh, they say Manchester City is disappointed but not surprised by today's announcement by the UEFA Adjudicatory Chamber. The club has always anticipated the ultimate need to seek out an independent body and process to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence in support of its position. In December 2018, the UEFA Chief Investigator publicly previewed the outcome and sanction he intended to be delivered to Manchester City before any investigation had even begun. The subsequent flawed and consistently leaked UEFA process he oversaw has meant that there was little doubt in the results that he would deliver. The club has formally complained to the UEFA disciplinary body, a complaint which was validated by a CAS ruling. Simply put, this is a case initiated by UEFA, prosecuted by UEFA and judged by UEFA. With this prejudicial process now over, the club will pursue an impartial judgment as quickly as possible and will therefore, in the first instance, commence proceedings with the Court of Arbitration for Sports at the earliest opportunity. Um, just in terms of reaction to, to the club's position, Dan, what, what, do, you, what do you make of it? Um, I mean, 
I sort of feel the whole way through this um, saga that there has been like a real appetite to kind of pin all of football's problems on City and everyone else can sort of feel good about themselves. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there have rules have been uh, bent, if not broken, uh, by the club, you know, in, the, in terms of the accounting and, and that side of things. Um, and if they are guilty of, of what they've been accused of, then, you know, they should be punished by, by rights. Um, I also feel that probably this sort of thing is going on all the time in football. And if we looked into everyone's emails, hacked into everyone's emails, um, then we'd find, you know, stuff like this going on all the time. So I can understand why the, the club feel a little bit hard done by. Um, I think it's interesting that they have, that UEFA have gone for this two-year ban now because, you know, the reports in recent weeks have been suggesting that there'd be no ban at all. And it makes me wonder whether they weren't sort of intending to hand out this ban um, and they've come under a bit of pressure from perhaps uh, La Liga or some other big clubs and they've sort of had to go, right, OK, well, we're going to say that we're going to ban City for two years, knowing full well that it's going to go to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, who might take a different view on it. Um, and then UEFA's position could be all along, well, well we wanted to ban them, but the, the cast wouldn't let us do it. Um, I wonder if that is how it's going to pan out uh, eventually. I don't know. Maybe I'm in denial about the whole thing and I'm sort of... But, but, but the, the way I feel at the moment is that I, I don't know if it's definitely going to happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, the, the the club's position is is very clear. They're, they feel very strongly that they've been wronged in this instance. It's worth kind of like casting our minds back to you know the last time we got in trouble, wasn't it? You know, when um, Caldoun said you know the club will take a pinch or whatever. And I think okay, um, I think quite a few people are probably on a similar wavelength where they feel like the club has always been a little bit soft. Maybe we're dealing with some of the kind of negativity thrown towards the club. You know, in general, like the PR side of it. Um, and we've always kind of like slightly tried to toe the line and kind of fall in shape and whatever and be kind of like nice towards this. And I think, to be honest, if the club are going to have going to get it overturned, I think they're going to have to be aggressive. It was that it was that quote from the lawyer, Simon Cliff, where he said, like, um, our owner would rather hire the best lawyers and sue them, spend 30 million lawyers or whatever to sue you away for instead of taking this hit. Um, I think it's about to get really, really serious from city side to the point where I think they're probably not going to play nice anymore. And it's probably necessary because I don't think that the approach that we have tried um, by trying to be all like kind of nice and, you know, nodding our head and going to go along with the sanctions stuff. I don't think it's worked. Um, I think, to be honest, we've had a real, real bad hit, you know, in terms of our PR and our reputation. Because uh, I, I can only imagine some of the, the club's sponsors will be a little bit kind of, um, well, they'll be reconsidering their, you know, packages and all that kind of stuff now. So financially, we'll take a massive hit as well. And I think the club have to be very aggressive. I think they, they have to if they want to um, if they want to carry on moving in the direction that they they intend to. Because I mean, as Dan said, like we most clubs are probably a little bit dodgy, and we're probably a little bit dodgy. I'm not that naive at all. Um, but City really can't concede that i think it's too damaging for them to admit that at the moment i think um when you consider the fact that we only made like 10 million profit and you take all the champions league money out of it like this money is a big loss for the club so i'm expecting you know the gloves will be off and we'll we'll really come out swinging now because um i don't really see any other way that isn't uh incredibly damaging for city so i'm expecting it's going to ramp up big time uh and it's probably necessary uh, i don't think this nice nice approach will work anymore so it's, it's, this is long from over, basically. Adam, do you worry that, I mean, in, in this instance, when it comes to, to, to how City are perceived, do you worry that whatever the outcome of this, then uh, uh, City's achievements will always be looked on badly? Yeah, that was my first initial fear as well. I think uh, there's no smoke without fire, and I'm pleased to see a majority of City fans and us on this podcast aren't 
uh, staunchly defending the club, we were clever enough and not naive enough to think nothing went on. Um, you, the first thing you think of is, you know, the, we made a lot of effort as fans through those glory, the last ten years in attending the games. It is did what we could, and all it was all that for nothing. If rival fans were able to just launch, well, you did it by cheating because that financial cheating. It's just ridiculous that the thing that financial fair play was brought into. Uh, stop teams having a monopoly. I wouldn't say four titles in however many years is is a monopoly. I think it's been good for English football that we were able to sit at the top table. Good for European football. I mean, we've never been even close to winning the Champions League, so I don't know what UEFA was so scared of their massive cartel being uh, being disrupted. Um, and I just think for all that to be have an asterisk next to it in years to come would be a bit of a shame because we've been there, we've lived it. And just because... You've got loads of money in the bank. Doesn't mean you don't have to do the job when you cross that white line, and that's what will really great on me, to be honest. Well, I was going to say. I mean, you can debate all you like about about financial fair play, Dan, but like the rules are there. They they have to play by the rules that are there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I've always been a, a um, never been a fan of, of financial fair play at all. To be honest with you, I think it's a complete crock of shit. Um, which was complete designed to, to protect the top clubs um, and and as sort of I don't think it's made football better at all to be honest and I think um, you know I heard uh, Sam Lee talking on a podcast recently saying that um, if if City were to to get away uh, quote unquote with this um, alleged breaches of financial fair play that it would be the death of financial fair play and you do wonder whether that is part of your way for thinking as well that they're trying to uphold this uh, this system that they've created. Um, by, by punishing City for, you know, I don't know. I, I, someone, uh, a friend of mine was uh, contacting me last night and said, uh, oh, how, how do you feel about um, all all this uh, this success that City have had, that, that they, they got it by cheating? And I said, well, cheating's a very strong word, isn't it? I think he was just trying to wind me up, to be honest. But I said, cheating's a very strong word, isn't it? And he said, oh, it's, it's just like um, uh, uh, Lance Armstrong, you know, drug, drug doping kind of thing. And it's not, though, is it? It's completely different. And I bet if you ask, you know, 18, 90% of, of football fans, what have City actually done wrong here? They wouldn't be able to tell you because it's such like, it's just like an accounting technicalities and all sorts of things that I think it's just, it's nonsense. And it's hard to get too wound up about it, really. Yeah, Stephen, it, it's like, for as, as, as Dan says there, for, for what financial fair play was designed to do, um, you can understand why City do feel aggrieved because it does feel like like the cartel were trying to bring up the drawbridge before City got in there and they decided that now that City did get in there, they're going to try and lower the drawbridge, chuck City out and then pull it up again. I think I think usually when um you know when you, when some big regulation comes in, uh, like financial fair play that's going to change football, there normally has to be some kind of precedent, doesn't there? Or someone has to be a pariah or someone has to basically... Um, they have to basically flex their muscles at some point. Um, and I know they've kind of slightly skirted around that a bit with, like, you know, I think Milan uh, and then obviously PSG a tiny bit. I know it was previously, but um, it's, it's pretty obvious that, you know, they've been under a lot of pressure from a lot of clubs to do something like this. I mean, that's not even like tinfoil hat stuff. I mean, the uh, the La Liga guy is it Tebas or whatever he's called Tebas whatever whatever his name is yeah. he's been basically um or Tebas I think I think in the service station now for some reason uh, he's been um, <laughs> he's been uh, going on for ages about it so it's pretty obvious that they've been under pressure to uh, do something like this for a while um, and I think it was always going to be us wasn't it um, whether we deserve that or not we know we don't I mean I don't personally I've not seen the books uh, and I'm sure. I'm sure many of us don't know, but it's it just kind of felt 
like kind of like we were always going to be the one to take that big you know that big pinch really I guess um I I think the idea of it in general with a few tweaks and all this kind of stuff there might have been something in it 20 years ago maybe but I think the the you know the horse had long since bolted and it was never really going to happen I do think there was an element of um yeah, of course, of course, of course. The, the owners of clubs like United and Madrid and Barcelona and would have gone and moaned about, you know, not being able to, uh, not being able to keep up uh, spending. That definitely would have happened. It's self-preservation, um, and it would have been the same if it had been, you know, Blackburn or Leeds or whatever. I think it was because it was Manchester City. If that makes sense, I think it was because a club was suddenly be able to spend more than they could previously, and they didn't like it. And of course, the, the voices that they listened to. Um, UEFA, the ones that have their ear, the big clubs, because they're the ones that can threaten, you know, breakaways and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was it hundred percent was uh, a reaction to to kind of curtail clubs like Manchester City. I'm not sure if it was because it's Manchester City, um, but I think it was anyone who spends big because um, I think it's pretty common knowledge that you know the big clubs have the ear of the UEFA president. So I do think it was a reaction to that. Yeah, Adam, in terms of uh, of that, though, you, you'd be surprised if PSG were to escape punishment, would you? And that was another initial thought. You look at their transfer activity with Neymar and Mbappe, and you're wondering how they can come from rather insignificant. I know they're a big team in France, but not on the European stage, uh, From to go from that to attract those type of players. And I've, I've, I read this morning that City are now keeping an eye on other teams' transfer activities, and we're not going to go down without a fight. We're going to say, well, if you're looking at our books, look at their books as well. Um, so it does It does almost make you start looking at everyone else. It's like we started the show by saying, as football fans, should we really be getting the spreadsheet out? And well, then, but from my point of view, that should be reserved for stats and not uh, bank balances. Um, but it's, it's forcing us all to become accountants overnight. It's forcing us to become, um, you know, def- defendants on Twitter it's a, it's a full time job now rather than a, an escape at the end of the week Yeah it's it, it's funny isn't it Dan because like ultimately none of this should be any of our concern we shouldn't be getting up early on a Saturday to do a podcast about this No absolutely not I mean I was thinking about what, how I felt when I sort of heard the news last night as well um, and it was that kind of feeling when you you know when you've, you've been caught doing something you shouldn't have done um, and it's like, but I didn't do anything wrong. I just watched the team. Like, why do I have to feel like this? Why have I got to come into work this morning and people are asking me, oh, what do you think about this? Or uh, p- people are sort of laughing at you or, or taking the piss out of you and stuff. And it's like, it's just ridiculous. I, I, this wasn't what we signed up for. Um, and it's, it's annoying having to be, to be part of it, really. Yeah, um, just kind of overall then to, to kind of round off the discussion about this, um, Stephen, what 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 do you think happens next? Um, I think we probably do see a resolution, you know, pretty soon because I guess they have to, don't they? Um, City, I mean, this, we can only really take City's word off the statement, but they seem incredibly bullish. Uh, I think we'll fight it. Um, I don't think a one year reduction is good for us, really. I think it has to be uh, it has to be all or nothing, really. Um, we have to kind of get it totally removed. Or it's a huge, huge blow for the club as a business and as an entity and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think likely there'll be some kind of change. We, we always know in football the, the first kind of sanction is rarely the final sanction, and this is just kind of common commonplace in any form of kind of appeal. Really, um, I think it'll probably be done inside the next three or four months. 
there'll be obviously a lot more noise on Twitter, <laughs> a lot more nonsense, <laughs> a lot more think pieces from various journals. Which I can't wait to read. It's going to be great fun. Um, and then I, I think most likely it probably will be reduced and will probably not be banned from the Champions League. It just kind of feels slightly inevitable. I don't know why, um, but I reckon City have probably got some incredibly good lawyers that will find loopholes in in any argument. Um, because I don't, I mean, it, this could be really huge. Actually, it could see you know financial fair play being pulled apart entirely. Um, it could be a bit of a it could be a moment that UEFA live to regret, whether that's fair or not, I don't know, but it could be a real big change in football. And um, if anyone can do it, this is like um, a pretty, we've got pretty powerful owners, you know, so I wouldn't mess with them personally. Um, and I think they will take this personally. It's going to be very, very messy. Um, I just kind of hope you end up in League Two. It give all it would give all of us the chance that didn't go to York away the first time to uh, to have that opportunity, I suppose, really, wouldn't it? Are they even in League Two anymore? I don't even know. Are they I, there, York? I think they're non-league at the minute, aren't they? They might they might be they might be in League Two. I'm not sure. <laughs> Adam, just to again, just to finish, um, are, are you confident like going forward this isn't going to sour your relationship with the club? No, I, I was there before all this, as many were. Um, it'll, I think, it'll damage the reputation somewhat externally. I think. The, I hate to coin the phrase, the real fans will be back. Um, if if this is the case and the the top players decide to walk away, and we have to go, I mean, it's, we've been in league, uh, you know, the second division two years without Champions League football isn't the end that people are perceiving it to be. Yes, it'll it'll um, curtail the the journey for two years in terms of what the owners were trying to achieve. They're not going to walk away from this. Um, not every single player will be able to walk away from the club because other clubs wouldn't be able to afford their contract. So it's not the absolute um, disaster that everyone wants it to be from external clubs. But it'll certainly put the blockers on things for a couple of years. We might um, need more rebuilding. Well, we'll obviously need more rebuilding than we thought. But the real hardcore fans will be there and a lot will take it with good humour because that's all this is meant to be at the end of the day it's an escape and we'll be there whether it's York away or PSG away yeah and uh, Dan just to finish it, it, it kind of feels like you know this this whole situation if you wait for our successful and City are banned for two years from the Champions League it kind of says to to other clubs that are on the cusp of, of getting into the, into the Champions League places on the cusp of being in the top half of the Premier League You'll never get in. Yeah, well, I think that was already, that was already the case, really, wasn't it? Since financial fair play has been a thing, it's kind of stopped other clubs doing a city. Um, you know, the the glass ceiling has never been thicker. I don't think really um, in football. You know, you look at like a club like Everton; they've had some uh, investment recently, um, and it's kind of pointless now in terms of uh, wanting to sort of break into the top four and and win trophies and stuff. It's probably not going to happen for them because the. The, the, the goalposts have been shifted so much now. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said earlier, I don't think financial fair play has been good for football. Um, and I do hope it gets um, torn apart, like Stephen said, um, as a result of this. And, and um, you know, like, like we've, we've all said here, we don't think City are completely blameless in all this. But um, let's not pretend that uh, everyone else is white and white either. And it would be good to see uh, a little bit of uh, acknowledgement, a bit of humility about that in football. That, uh, you know, this is big business and um, all... All businesses are sort of doing shady practices and stuff like that, and I'm not going to let the fact that City have put a decimal point in the wrong place um, taint any of the the good times that we've had over the last few years because I don't think that's fair at all. You know, the sporting um, achievement um, 
should stand up at its own right and, and, um, and we, we've had some great times watching City so let's not uh, let this get us down too much. Imagine if it was just that. Imagine if, if all this problem was was just because somebody, instead of 3.2 million, it said 3.2 billion. Somebody had just pressed the wrong key. <laughs> uh, right, that's it for this week's special episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe and we'll be back next Friday with another full show. Thank you to my guests, Adam Carter. Cheers. Stephen McInerney. Thank you. And Dan Burke. Cheers up the blues. We'll see you soon. Take care. was the blue moon podcast please support the show patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast